My friends, years ago, uh, one day I was returning from my nursing home mass at a previous parish, and the other parochial vicar asked if I would help him move a couch. I told him I had about 20 minutes before I had to uh, meet with someone. I had an appointment, but he assured me that it would not take long and that the couch was light. And so uh, we headed over to the school. We went up the stairs, we went down this very long hallway, took a left down another hallway, and we entered the eighth grade room. And he opened the door, only to reveal a huge sleeper sofa. In fact, a giant one, too big, in fact, to fit along the wall in his office, he intended to place it. It was very heavy and certainly not light in weight but it was light in color. You know, my friends, my priest friend did not purposely deceive me. He did what brothers often do. And he knew that I would say yes, regardless of the couch's weight. I should have known by his sly smile that something was up. But my friends, words do matter. Words matter. And Jesus' words, these past weeks matter. John chapter 6. They have been clear. Jesus said what he meant, and he meant what he said. There was no doubt about what he was saying among those who heard him say it. They knew what his words meant. Jesus said, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh for the life of the world. It says that the Jews quarreled. They literally fought among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? The wrong question. The better question would be why. Because he loves us. We know this. Jesus says, Amen, Amen, I say to you, Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you do not have life within you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him on the last day, for my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. He loves us and he desires eternal life for us. Jesus said what he meant and he meant what he said. But sadly, it says many of Jesus' disciples who were listening said, this saying is hard. Who can accept it? My friends, these were his disciples, and there were many of them, not simply people that were following him from a distance, but men and women who had seen his miraculous works. They had experienced personally his love and mercy personally had experienced his friendship, yet they didn't believe him. Many quarreled because Jesus' words did not fit their own worldview. We too will have the same problem. We will have difficulty believing, believing that Jesus said what he meant and he meant what he said, believing that he does become present on this altar in what only appears to be bread and wine, unless we believe he is who he says he is, 
God in the flesh, and that his words are truth and life. Jesus' words are hard for some to accept. But those that left did not find Jesus' teaching hard in the sense that it was difficult to understand. No one can truly understand the Eucharist. Rather, it was unacceptable. It was harsh, offensive, no doubt mysterious. The disciples that left didn't leave because of what they couldn't understand. They left because of what they did understand. And what he said bothered them. They refused to believe what he said, that he gives us his flesh to eat. And perhaps that should be not too surprising. Bishop Barron says it is hard to imagine anything more theologically problematic, more disgusting for a first century Jew than these words of Jesus in John chapter 6. Jews, after all, have a prohibition against eating an animal with blood. Jesus was asking them to eat his living flesh. Yet when they protest, and they did, Jesus did not correct them. He actually doubled down. His words got more graphic, more intense. Jesus didn't use the word fagain, which describes the way we as humans eat, but rather he used the word trogain, which describes the way animals eat. They gnaw at their food. His words were very graphic. They were physical. Jesus said what he meant, and he meant what he said. Note that this is a very critical point in the Gospel of John. For after these words, it says, many of his disciples returned to their former way of life and no longer accompanied him. John 6, verse 66. John 6, 6, 6. This is the only instance in the Gospels where followers of Jesus abandoned him in such large numbers, a rejection of Eucharist. Words matter, but so do actions, so do inactions. Jesus makes no effort to soften his words or clear up potential misunderstandings about his Eucharistic teaching, nor does he run after them, wait, wait, minute, you have a misunderstanding here. I meant this only symbolically. No, he did not do that. The first announcement of the Eucharist divided the disciples, just as the announcement of his passion would later scandalize them. The Eucharist and the cross are stumbling blocks. They are the same mystery, and it is often an occasion of division. Simply look at our fractured church. So Jesus turns to his apostles, he turns to those closest to him, and he turns to all of us, and he asks us an important question. Do you also want to leave? Peter, on behalf of all of us, responds with his great act of faith. To whom shall we go? To whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and are convinced that you are the Holy One of God. Belief through faith, not understanding. Faith is a gift. But because they were convinced Jesus is God, 
and humble confidence in him and what he said. My friends, faith is the only thing that is going to get us through these troubling times. The trying times of the pandemic, of course, but also these unprecedented times of crime and violence in our cities. Times when confusion is being forced upon our kids in school. Times of extraordinary chaos in our southern border. And now a time of absolute failure of our governmental leaders to exit Afghanistan in a manner that does not bring disgrace upon our country and seemingly undo the blood, sweat, and tears of our brave servicemen and women. It is so hard to watch the images on television, people falling from airplanes, mothers handing their babies over walls to our servicemen and women, women being beaten and screaming in the streets, killed because they did not wear a head covering, and yes, Americans begging to be rescued, all the while our feckless leaders cower, preventing our brave servicemen and women from fixing their mess. You know, my friends, I am a military brat. My dad served for over 30 years, heroically in Vietnam, who was a pilot. I also served, I gave up my four years, my wimpy service over 30 years ago. During peacetime, thankfully, I was never deployed but it is in my blood. Military service, it is in many of yours as well. I know this. I have to be careful about what I say here. I have been angry. This is very obvious. Righteous anger is okay, but it's beginning to leak into sinful anger. I can only imagine what those who serve tours in Afghanistan are thinking right now. Those wonderful gold star families who lost loved ones are feeling. But you don't have to be military to be filled with anger this past week. My friends, Jesus said what he meant, and he meant what he said. And while we are having trouble perhaps believing what our governmental leaders are saying these days, believe this priest when he says, thank you. Thank you. Ignore the polls that say the past 20 years have not been worth it. You kept us safe. Thank you. And the Afghani people, thank you, especially the women and girls. When you arrived 20 years ago, there were 900,000 children in school in Afghanistan. Not a single one of them was a girl. Today, there are over 9 million children in school, and many of them are girls. Thank you. Perhaps our mission to unite the many tribes into a cohesive country did not succeed, but your sacrifices will bear fruit. Our governmental leaders are failing us, but our Lord never will. And so it is right and just that we are here as it says in the first reading, gathered together to decide today whom we will serve, that we will serve the Lord. My friends, we have a fighting chance to be faithful Catholics. We have a fighting chance even to have peace in these troubling times if we come here in this Holy Mass and taste and see that the Lord is good.
You edify me in your presence. If we come here and we bless and thank the Lord at all times, and if his praise is always on our lips. We have a fighting chance to have peace in our hearts and minds if we spend time here, as I know many of you do, in adoration. We are so blessed to have Eucharist adoration throughout the week. You come here, I need to come here to be sacrificial. I've needed to double up my efforts to simply try to not be so angry. We come here and we ask for an increase in faith. Perhaps we even now close our eyes and ask for this gift right now. I do believe. Help me in my unbelief. Asking for peace in our hearts and mind. Asking God to use us as instruments of his grace to another. Asking him to reveal to our hearts and minds those in our lives he has asked us to be a disciple to. Asking him to give us the words of comfort and patience. The disposition to be an effective instrument of his love and mercy. Our mission, my friends, is clear. For many people 2,000 years ago heard Jesus speak and said, this saying is hard. Well, many people of our time also struggle with our Lord's words, but they also hear St. Paul speak in the second reading and say, this saying is wrong. My friends, if we have a problem with scripture, the inspired word of God, the problem is not with the word. It is with us, our understanding of the word. Ephesians 5 is only offensive to those who fail to understand what love is. To love is to wish the good of the other. It is not about you. It is not about me. It is about the other. Love is, by its very nature, subordinate. It's unconditional. It's sacrificial. Our military men and women know this well. How will we respond to Jesus' words today? He said what he meant, and he meant what he said. His words matter, and our response to his words matter too. It will say much about who we think he is. Will we return to our old way of life, our life from about 30 minutes ago? Or will we respond in faith because we, like Peter, have come to believe and are convinced Jesus is the Holy One of God? Someone is counting on each of us today. May God be praised in our response. Amen.